0: Welcome to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Kristen Stoneking, the senior
1: pastor here. And I'm Brian Atkins, associate pastor. Our mission here is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Our
0: podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings along with a scripture reading and a message.
1: Hurricanes will come on. To worship
0: this morning for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley. I'm Kristen Stone King, one of the pastors at Epworth, and so grateful that you have joined in this broadcast of our worship service for March 22nd, 2020. We're broadcasting through our facebook page epworth umc-berkeley and also through our webpage, epworthberkeley.org so if you are watching through one of those channels we invite you to let us know that you're here uh, register your attendance through the chat and we'll be delighted to be able to see uh, after the broadcast who has connected We are just about to conclude our first week of shelter-in-place. I know that for some of you, you're finding the peace of quiet. And for some of you, you're feeling anxious and isolated. I know that some of you are still trying to handle very full and demanding jobs while suddenly becoming high-tech homeschoolers. And I know that some of you are hearing from friends you haven't heard from in a long time through email or phone calls. Whatever your situation, know that God is with you, that the Spirit is present in your house and around you. Breathe in and breathe out and know that we are still connected. Our response teams have begun meeting this last week They um, invite you to join them. If you would like to get connected with the Do Good team that is focusing on material needs and resources of food and other things uh, for people who are in need, or if you'd like to get involved with the Stay in Love with God team that's focusing on uh, new studies and new opportunity for prayer, you can do so by signing up on our webpage, epworthberkeley.org. Um, Our Stephen ministers are available to pray with folks one-on-one, and if you would like prayer, we invite you to call our our church line, 510-524-2921, and someone will get back to you as soon as possible. We're sending out three communications a week uh, now during, during this period. And if you're not getting those, please send an email to epworth at lmi.net. Um, if you're not getting those, it means we don't have your email, but we would love to have it. So send us an email, let us know what that is, and we'll add you to the list. 3 verses 27 through28. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus.
1: If I were doing this live, if I were uh, showing this video live, I would start with a blooper reel of the thousand times I tried to start recording this video, and it didn't work. Um, But here I am. I'm going to try preaching from the porch of the parsonage. You can see it's a beautiful day. Uh, It's a beautiful view. Um, I've never preached sitting down. Well, I have. I've, never, I've preached sitting down. I've never preached invited sitting down, um, but in a lot of meetings. It's <laughs> tough to write a sermon to preach to, to our people in the circumstances that we're living in right now. It's a strange time, and uh, it's new for all of us. But it's got me thinking about an experience I had a couple of years ago. I got a call, I I received an email in the middle of the night from a woman in Kentucky named Viola, and it was written in the middle of the night, late in the night, uh, and it seemed at first like one of those emails you get from a crown prince in a foreign land who needs your help with a financial transaction, but it wasn't one of those. Viola was asking for my help in locating her granddaughter who had gone missing somewhere near Richmond, California. And as pastors, we get requests like that all the time, not necessarily with missing people, but people who need help, um, though rarely folks so far away. And rather than try to decipher all the information in the email, I took a leap of faith and just wrote, Viola, please call me. And she called me immediately and she identified herself with all the credentials she could think that I might wanna hear to believe she was who she said she was. She was a lifelong Methodist and she had found our church online. Her granddaughter Rhonda was in the throes of the disease of addiction and in an abusive relationship and now, Viola feared, homeless and hungry in Richmond, California. She had called the hospitals and the police but they couldn't help. She wanted to know whether there was anything the church could do to help out. And I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know how we could help other than to share her name in the community. And for weeks, I watched for Rhonda as I drove around and worked in the community in Richmond and El Cerrito. And I kept an eye out for her, but I never found her. Viola and I stayed in touch for a while, but eventually that faded too. In her voice, I heard my grandmother's voice. I heard the, the same care and concern, the same worry and pain, the same Appalachian twang and the same tears. And as the fall approached, I still found myself praying for these strangers, the grandparents and the young woman. And suddenly one morning, the phone rang, and it was Viola. She was asking for prayer. Rhonda had resurfaced in Northern California near Eureka with her abusive boyfriend in tow. Their car had broken down outside Fortuna and Viola was trying to convince her to leave that boyfriend behind and catch a bus back home. Rhonda had hitchhiked or, or walked from where their car had broken down to Eureka where she found the United Methodist Church and that pastor there was trying to help her get a bus ticket home. Viola was praying that she would make the right choice. And the next Sunday on my way home from church, I called Viola and she and her husband were literally pulling into the bus station to pick Rhonda up. And of course, we know this isn't a happy ending, but a new beginning afforded by grace. And the road ahead was long for this family. But I praise God for our United Methodist connection that is the network of our church, that it still works sometimes. For years, I've been telling my friends and family and loved ones that when they're traveling, if you're in trouble, find a Methodist. I hope that someone in trouble can find any church, any Christian, and receive assistance. But my experience in Methodism gives me hope that this is still a core part of who we are, a core part of our identity. The second thing this story reminds me is that there are hurting families everywhere. I'm reminded of the words of Mr. Rogers, look for the helpers. In days like these, I, I think we're all kind of looking for the helpers and trying to find ways that we can be helpers ourselves. Over the past few weeks, we've drifted into a strange new world. While there have always been unknowns, we've always heard of wars and rumors of wars disease and pestilence. For most of us, those things were in our history books or in news articles. We could read them and say, oh, that's terrible. And then go about our day. And now we find ourselves in someone else's news story halfway around the world. And we struggle with the emotions, the fear and the worries, and maybe the anger that accompanies our experience. I wrote in the weekly email to Epworth that our shelter in place order has made me more aware of the experiences of our elders in the community who have become homebound over time. I wonder how our collective experience might change our attitudes toward those folks once this is all over and we found our way back out into the sunshine. We'll be, will we be more aware of them? Will we be more thoughtful about how we reach out to them? The Apostle Paul writes in his letter to Galatia, and particularly this chapter, which I consider one of his greatest hits, he opens with, You foolish Galatians. Oh, you are spoiling us, Ambassador. He goes on to say, There's room for everybody here in the family of God, and not just room, there's equality. Regardless of your ethnicity or your gender or socioeconomic status, there's a place for you at the table of Christ. This is one of the most powerful things um, Verses of scripture to me, I think as we reach out to people in our world, we reach out uh, in love not to get them to believe what we believe or think what we think. We don't even all agree on what we believe or what we think. But we reach out to help people know what we know that there is a loving God who calls us to love everybody, everywhere, all the time. Even when it's challenging, especially when it's challenging. It's agape love, a love for love's sake. And I've been thinking about people who don't have a church community at this time. You don't have to have church to be a community or to, to belong. But there's something special about a community whose purpose and mission it is to love. Theologian Simone Weil wrote, The love of our neighbor is, in all its fullness, simply means being able to say, What are you going through? In the Wesleyan tradition, we often ask, how is it with your soul? Somewhere along the way, my dad developed this habit of asking my sisters and me, has anyone told you they love you today? I do, and God does. He started saying it to everyone, cashiers and baggers in the checkout line at the grocery, people in drive-through windows, telemarketers, bill collectors. It was a shocking question. Some people looked at him like he was crazy. Some people laughed and answered the question. Some broke down in tears just at being asked. There's a whole world out there dying to be seen, to be loved unconditionally. A whole world that doesn't have the benefit of a community of faith to journey with or a place to get a hundred hugs on a Sunday. Paul writes, We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy. What will it take for our endurance to spill over into joy? I spoke with a friend the other day who told me the thing she's missing most about being at church is those hugs. At church, you're guaranteed a 100 hugs if you want them. And now we're separated from friends and neighbors by the germs that we're, we fear spreading. I wonder if if being separated like this might, we might be able to see that the things we thought stood between us before never really were there in the first place. The politics and the silly disputes and the grudges, they were never there. I come from people, Appalachian people, who feud for generations about who started the last feud. We know how to hold a senseless grudge. You can ask, you can ask my partner, Mike. Were it not for the church, I'm, I'm not sure where in life Viola and I would have crossed paths and had the opportunity to minister to one another. But I have to admit in my re- interactions with her, my, the cumulative couple, couple of hours that we spent on the phone, the emails we exchanged, and it gave me a hope that I have seldom experienced in recent years. Being able to counsel with her and to strategize, to pray together it was powerful and encouraging. There are a thousand, thousand more rondas who need us to reach out, to be present and to bear witness. The gospel still matters. I think now probably more than ever, it still has the power to save. It has the power to save us. I get saved every day. We are Christians bound together by this belief that God is still at work in the world through and sometimes in spite of us, even, then, even when it seems like God doesn't, even when we can't see it with our own eyes, even when the world tells us God can't hear our prayers, even when we don't know what we are to do, I think that the Spirit still directs us in love. We don't have the luxury of hopelessness, even in, especially in times like these. The forces of evil in the world don't hold power over us. Those who came before us have seen kingdoms and empires rise and fall. They have seen these diseases and pestilence. They've seen uh, wars and famines. They've seen all the things come and go. The old ways crumble around us again and again. And as our sense of what is normal is uprooted again and in the face of the unknown, we press on in our commitment to do no harm in word or deed to do good always and everywhere, and to attend to the ordinances of God, to practice our faith, loving God and neighbor more fully. And these days we're finding ways to reach out. We're finding places to to share our love, finding practical ways to give and to share. I hope that you'll watch your email and and the other communications we're sending out to, to see what the opportunities are to connect and to give. One of the best and most healing things to do in a time like this is to serve somebody else. And this way we're journeying forward toward perfection, together, perhaps socially distant, but may we be spiritually closer than ever. Thanks be to God. listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Brian Adkins, associate pastor here. We'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. If you are here in Berkeley, Epworth's worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 1953 Hopkins Street at the corner of Napa and Hopkins. And I'm senior pastor Kristen Stoneking. If you connect to our podcast
0: from further away, we would invite you to visit our website, epworthberkeley.org we'd invite you to keep seeking to grow in faith and to stop by the next time you're in Berkeley